Hi, my hi, my kitty, hotaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Now, State Highway One and Karapiro Road closed. Is, uh, sorry, Karapiro Road is closed between Cambridge and Tiro due to a serious crash. Advised to avoid the area and delay your journey or follow the detour. On the panel, a new poll says that most New Zealanders would like to extend the current fuel tax cut and half-price public transport. Has this actually helped you? And the government admitted yesterday children with high needs are being failed at school and overhaul of the special education system has been announced. We discussed that. And hospitals in New Zealand owe almost $2 billion uh, to a quarter of a million people, some since 2010. Some serious payroll issues there. We talk about that. And we talked yesterday about Black Friday and what some see as the rampant consumerism. Now, Claire got in touch saying, let's institute a Green Friday. And I thought, hey, there's something in that. So we discussed that. And airline etiquette today, honestly, what's all the fuss about reclining your seat on an airplane? If you recline, the person behind you can recline. It's easy, don't you think? And I do want your thoughts on this. I got told off yesterday emailing Merry Christmas or Merry Xmas. Can you believe that? It's Christmas or Christmas, they said. And I thought most said Merry or most wrote Merry Xmas. I want your opinions. Email the panel at rnz.co.nz. You can text me, 2101. With me this afternoon, Professor Ella Henry, Director of Māori Advancement uh, Business School at the Auckland University of Technology. Uh, Kia ora, Professor Henry, and congratulations on full professorship. Are you there? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was muted. Sorry. Thank you so much. I'm really grateful for that. And kia ora, everybody. It's lovely to be joining you this yeah. afternoon. And is, is it, did I read first in the whanau to go to university when you started 40 years ago? So, you know, it's a big deal for the whanau as well. Absolutely. I've had so many warm congratulations from the wider whanau whanui and um you know, I'm the first to go to university in our family, the first to get a professorship. So I, I feel like future generations will be able to say, well, we know Auntie Ella, she's yeah. not that smart. We can be as good as her. <laughs> good to have you on. Also with us today, Phil Taylor, partner at Tompkins Wake Lawyers. Phil, great to have you on the program. Here I was. Now, 12 to 4, let's dip into the mailbag. And uh, did we get any feedback about boot camps? Did we get any feedback about these military-style camps for some youth offenders? The answer is yes, a lot. Uh, so Max says, yes, support it. Many of these families are at the end of their tether and would sign off on their children doing this. It's not re-traumatising kids. They are on a path to join gangs for the sense of belonging. This is their best, only option. Judges need an option. They don't want to send 16-year-old repeat offenders to jail. Give judges this option. The kids will feel part of a team. Give them a feeling of community. So that's what Max says. Fiona says, hi. The National Party's idea of providing youth army-style units is a throwback. Uh, this didn't work. They created a breeding ground. My PhD was focused on gangs and reasons for membership, a disassociation with conventional society as a part of that. Working on integration to the community is the way to go. 
And Willem was listening overseas. He listened and he said, um, I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist. Uh, you're specialising in oppositional defiant youth. This has been tested many times. The evidence of what it delivers is no secret. A better organised young Criminals. So let's go around the panel on this. It was a really big topic yesterday. Uh, Ella Henry, how do you see this issue? Uh, yeah, this is one that's been raised before. And in fact, uh, back in the 80s, I believe, there was a um, a move in a Māori community to uh, encourage some kind of, you know, uh, big brother, little brother, m- military type training. I, I, I think the evidence, I agree with the scholars, is that it, it's not as successful as having a holistic plan, not just to punish the child, but to actually change the circumstances, the whānau that they live in. Because, you know, a, a child is broken. They're not, they're, we're all born perfect and so we have to not just fix the child but also figure out how we fix the whānau in the community. What do you reckon, Phil? Yeah, I've actually thought about this too in the context of the sport and rec sector and the and a similar idea about sending, you know, trouble years into the outdoors and um, the, the feedback that I've got on my investigations of that approach is it really you've got to have the wraparound system when they come back out. And, and preferably the ambulance at the bottom of the, uh, the, the, the ambulance, so they're not the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, right. um, so that you have the wraparound support before they go in as well. It's, it's, you've, you've got to have that holistic approach for sure. Okay, so um, not too fussed, both our panellists on this. Margaret said some years ago, I worked in the UK in a centre run by a local authority that took groups of about 14 boys aged 12 to 16 who were at the top of that slippery slope. The boys were mostly referred to us by social services and were with us for a four-week course. Uh, Longer could have been better. We offered something like an outward bound course, but with individual counselling and planning for their return home. They learned that there were consequences to their actions and to take responsibility for themselves and others. Uh, almost every boy loved the course and didn't want to go home. Uh, a lot of response uh, on this. I mean, we talked to the CEO yesterday, Ella, um, from Outward Bound. It was very interesting, actually, because, y- you know, she was saying that Outward Bound, when it started, was actually run. Uh, uh, the germination is actually from a military-style camp, but they realised that wasn't too successful, so they extracted the military option out and put in other uh, factors, and now it has become fairly successful in just providing some boundaries, um, seeing young people, giving them uh, other options. I mean, is there is there something in having some type of course or camp or structure for people who are at a real juncture in their lives. I have huge respect for Outward Bound, and I've known a number of people who've worked with and and youth who've gone through it. So I do think that taking the militaristic component out of it was critical. Getting um, troubled youth into the natural environment. I mean, you'd be amazed at how many students come to university from some of the poorer suburbs, and they haven't been out of Auckland. Yeah. You know, so if you've got somebody to take them into the bush, the Ngahere, to teach them about the fabulous environment that they are a part of, I think that that's got to have a positive, more positive outcome than a sort of rigid disciplinarian militaristic approach. You mentioned the sport angle, Phil. Is that something else that could be tapped into, I wonder? Yeah, I think the um, what I was thinking is is more like the outbound experience where you, mm. where you are actually put you, Put, put into an environment where you you, you you connect with nature, but also you learn uh, about how to look after yourself and, and, and self-responsibility. But 
it, what is critical is is what happens to you when you come back out. If you just go back into the same environment that, that you're in when you when when you left, then the outcome is not going to be great. We also talked road speeds this week being reduced in parts of the country from 100 down to 80, even 60. Simon says, Wallace, a great comment on new speed limits. A big issue is the speed differential. And when all traffic is contained or anchored to the same speed, it all flows easier. A big issue when truck or towing speed was 80k, better now at 90 as the differences less should be aligned uh, across all speeds. Uh, Lucinda from NZ School Speed says... So delighted by the lowering of speed limits. And as your panellists said, we need to start with schools. It's too slow as there's nothing forcing councils to put safe speeds uh, in place before next year's new term. All children should have the right to walk or cycle to school in safety. Uh, and uh, someone says, Simon says, sorry, but uh, the Akaroa Road has many stretches of long straight road, straights of several kilometres between Taitapu and Little River. An 80k per hour limit is patently ridiculous and inappropriate. If you arbitrarily make this 80-60 for the only reason that slower is safer, why not just make it 50 the whole way? So, um, mm, thoughts on that? Uh, generally, I mean, how do you, what, what's your uh, comfortable place when you're driving down the open road, Ella? Is it 80? Is it 90? <laughs> Where do you sit? Um, as I plummet toward my dotage, there is an equal uh, reduction in the speed that I'm comfortable at driving at. Um, you know, so I think by the time I reach my mid-70s, I'll probably be like my mother driving at 40 kilometres an hour everywhere. Um, but but, but I'm really at worry about our children on the roads and the amount of roadworks, and not just in Auckland, around the country, um, if we don't figure out better ways of keeping them safe on the roads, we are not looking after our own futures. Phil? I spend a lot of time going up and down the Hamilton Expressway actually, oh, Wallace and 110. And and that's that's quite a quite an experience and, and speed, you know, you you legally allowed to go 110 kilometers an hour and, and that feels slow. Uh, so I, th- I think a lot of it comes back to the quality of the roads. But our, our secondary roads are generally in very poor quality. And I think if if you're relying on on Google Maps and those sorts of things these days and you realise just how little difference your speed makes the time your travel takes, I think it's best just to go the the right speed for the road. Good on you. Time for I've Been Thinking. Dr. Ella Henry, take it away. Okay. Well, uh, recently, apparently, I raised the ire of some folks uh, because I dared to disagree with Oxford University Professor Richard Dawkins, uh, who was talking to Patrick Gower, and he said that myths couldn't be confused with science and scientific proof was global and didn't belong to one country. And, of course, that was uh, in the context of uh, discussions in this country about Mātauranga Māori as a form of science. I got quite a lot of vitriolic feedback, and it made me realise that even though when I am invited to make public comment, I try very hard, you know, to act responsibly and honestly, and but to also speak my truth and and never to be consciously cruel or unkind. But but it seems to be increasingly difficult for those who make public statements to not generate huge angry responses. And I'm I'm hmm. starting to think about how we, as a country or a society or a, a cluster of disparate communities, can foster and generate more kindness, even to those we disagree with. And so I'm just asking listeners, any tips gratefully accepted about how do we <laughs> create more kindness? Yeah, kia ora, Ella. And you know the text 2101, how do we in this environment create that uh, uh, level of empathy or kindness? All right, Phil Taylor, I've been thinking. 
Yeah, um, I've I've actually been thinking about the doom and gloom and and all the negative negativity um, around us at the moment. Uh, but when I sort of rationally stand back and look at where would where would you where would you rather live? You know, my my papa um, came out uh, from England to, or uh, in fact, Australia from uh, to New Zealand for a better life last century, the century before, and. Uh, if, if things get really bad, there's nothing really stopping me from thinking about where else I live in the world. And actually, you know what? Right now, there's nowhere I'd rather be. There's no missiles flying around. Our population's relatively unpolarized. And even our economy is actually performing pretty well. So having thought about it and thought quite seriously about it, we're actually pretty, pretty well off here right now. You keep in mind that Aotearoa in comparison is not too bad a place to be uh, overall even compared to something like the Gold Coast, Phil, Brizzy, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, sure? yeah. There's, there's 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 no snakes and uh, <laughs> uh, spiders over here that can bite you. Yeah, very good. All right, thank you, <laughs> Phil Taylor and uh, Ella Henry. There, um, uh, been a really big response regarding uh, the fact that I got told off uh, yesterday for emailing Mary Xmas Wallace. The reason for the season is Christ is not X. Christ died on the cross, and we are celebrating his birth at Christmas, says Lindsay in Fakatane. So, yeah, quite a response on uh, that. Also, too, um, water beds. Now, I didn't read any of these, but a big response to that over the uh, uh, over the week. Um, good baffles have changed the feel of the waterbed. You hardly know you have water under you now. We have evolved from the very first unbaffled ones. I won't tell you what my husband says about the early days, but the tidal wave produced when moving around in them was quite a challenge. Lots to discuss Friday afternoon. The panel with me, Wallace Chapman, Ella Henry and Phil Taylor, joining me until 5pm today.